My brothers and sisters, it's great to be together this morning. Pray that you had a good week and that you are here today to join with us as we celebrate God's goodness, God's blessings to us in what is a challenging time, and as we seek to hear from him as he leads us into the future. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you, Lord, that in spite of the many challenges that we face, we face them with the knowledge that you are with us. And Lord, we can see evidence of your work in our lives. We come to you this morning with grateful hearts for all that you have done. We commit our worship to you. We commit the word we reflect unto you. And pray that you will help us, O oh God, that we will hear what you have to say to us and that we'll apply it to our lives. Lord, for those who are experiencing loss and grief, we pray for your comfort. For those who are experiencing sickness, we pray for your healing hands to be placed upon their lives. For those who are experiencing lack or suffering of other kinds, we pray that you will intervene in their situation and bring about the change that is needed. And help us all, O oh Lord, to focus our hearts and our minds on you and allow you to minister to us, to strengthen us, and equip us for the times in which we live. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have been on a journey with Joshua as he sought to lead God's people into the promised land. We are doing this on a theme, pressing forward, and we have explored various aspects of Joshua's life as a leader and the experience of God's people as they enter this new land with its challenges the oppositions that they faced, and the ways in which God proved himself to be a supernatural God in their life. Today we are going to be continuing this journey with Joshua. And the story that was read in Joshua chapter 10 is one that has caused us to be inspired it induces a sense of awe. It presents God as really sovereign and supreme. It also showed God's responsiveness to the call of his servant to do things that on the surface seemed impossible. So Joshua's appeal for the sun to stand still and for the moon to be stationary would be regarded as a reckless statement, an impossible request, a crazy thought. But in the passage, it seemed to flow naturally from Joshua's lips as he pressed the enemy and sought to complete his victory. God answered, the sun stood still. 
Many of us may be impressed, understandably, by this phenomenon. And as the word says, it had not happened before, and it had not happened since. But I believe embedded in this story is more than God's power over nature, because that has been evidenced in other places. The experience of the flood, Jesus calming the storm, Jesus giving sight to the blind, other miraculous activities that are found in scripture. So the sun standing still is a great phenomenon, something that is difficult to explain and difficult for some to accept. But I don't want to focus today on the sun standing still. What I want to draw our attention to is a passage in the passage that reveals something about God's relationship to man. It says, so the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely, the Lord was fighting for Israel. And it is this portion that really stood out to me as I reflected on the passage. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Caught in the big drama and all the activities surrounding that war and the intervention of God in stopping the movement of the sun and the moon is this simple statement, the acknowledgement that God listened to a man. And so for our reflection today, that is what I'd want us to focus on. Pressing forward, God listens. The assurance that God is not deaf that God is not somewhere with his ears plugged, uncaring, and unattentive to our situation as human beings. We need to understand the context in which the statement was made. Joshua faced a serious dilemma. The dilemma was whether he should fight or not fight. This was not really Joshua's war. If you read the passage, Joshua was not under threat. But the Gibeonites, with whom Joshua had an alliance, were under attack from the five kings around them. This was really a proxy war, and I think this is something we need to understand, that the attack on the Gibeonites was the way the, the enemies of Israel saw to get to Joshua. They were not prepared to take on Joshua themselves immediately. What they thought they would do is weaken their alliances around Joshua 
so that he would be less equipped, they thought, to fight him. And this notion of a proxy war is something that also resonated from the passage. If you remember, Gibeon was the group of people who had deceived Joshua. We did that in our Bible study recently. By putting on old clothes and carrying steel food, gave the impression that they were from a distant country. And out of their deception, Joshua made an oath with the Gibeonites not to fight them. And out of that oath was also an implicit understanding that Joshua would be there to defend them. And so when they were under attack, the natural thing to do was to call Joshua. The kings who had arrayed themselves against the Gibeonites had reasoned that Joshua had destroyed Jericho, Joshua had destroyed Ai, Joshua had led his people through the Jordan in what was nothing short of a miracle, and Joshua was heading in their direction. And so in an act of self-preservation, they decided that they would go on the offense. And so they created an alliance among themselves and decided that they would attack the Gibeonites. If you read the passage, you would understand that Gibeon was not a small state. Gibeon was a large state with a well-equipped army able to wage war themselves. But against an army from five countries, they did not stand a chance. Joshua could have dismissed the Gibeonite call by saying, it's not our battle. Joshua could have said, well, you know, you deceived us, and so this is our way of getting back, you know. You know, face it yourself. But Joshua had made an oath, had given a commitment, and he would have to honor that oath. So this proxy war presents some lessons to us, some things that we need to understand. And proxy wars are going on around us all along. A Jamaican expression of proxy war is a statement that says if you can't catch Quarko, you catch him shut. And we have this unfortunate situation in Jamaica where violent men unable to catch their targets kill innocent relatives in the process. That's a proxy war. In the Middle East, there are a lot of proxy wars. People are against Iran. Iran is against the US and others, and so they are not fighting directly. But in Iraq and Syria, proxy wars are taking place. In Yemen, proxy wars are taking place. So this is an age-old practice, and a practice that continues today. But it's not only in the affairs of nations that proxy wars take place. There are many times in our own life situations, there are proxy wars. There are situations in which people can't deal with us directly, and so they deal with us indirectly. Proxy wars sometimes are a way of testing the capacity of someone. It's an effort to weaken, to discourage 
to distract, to draw you out from your safe space, and to expose you to attack. And ultimately, proxy wars are aimed at defeating you and destroying you. And as I reflected on this, I realized that for us as Christians, and for many of us as parents, we are aware of this proxy war. We have fought our battles. We have had the scars to show. And to some extent, we have developed the resilience to counter the attacks of our enemy. And so what the enemy does is seek those around us who are more vulnerable, our children, our relatives, those that look to us, and try to engage them in battle, hoping that by doing so, they can weaken us, discourage us, distract us, draw us out, ultimately defeat us, and destroy us. I think the message of this is not just that the sun stood still, but that when we face our proxy wars, when we are called to engage, we should not ignore and dismiss the call, but like Joshua, we should respond. Joshua chooses to honor his oath, and he rallied to the cause. Joshua knew that this was a big battle, but Joshua took it on. Even though he had experienced his own share of battles up to that point, Joshua still decided that he was going into battle. And so Joshua confronts the enemy. The enemy was united and assembled. And we need to understand that sometimes when we are facing our battles, people who do not agree with each other sometimes will unite to fight what they regard as a common enemy. Joshua's opposition was a consequence of Joshua's success. The victories he had been experiencing up to that point did not go unnoticed. And so when we ask God to bless our lives, and when God's blessings in our lives become evident, just like Job, we have to understand that the enemy conspires to attack and ultimately to defeat us. And so the consequence and the result sometimes of the progress we make is that we enter into conflict and we enter into war. There are some lessons that we can learn from how Joshua took on this battle. This battle that was not Joshua's battle, this fight that he did not initiate, and this fight that was not really about his territory, this fight that was against a group of people that he had formed an alliance with and for whom he held some responsibility. And so in this passage, we see that Joshua masses his own army and marches up from Gilgal. The distance, it, said, it is said, was about 20 miles uphill. The passage was clear. Joshua marched with his entire army. Joshua was, as they would say, all in. This was not, as we'd say in Jamaica, a fenke fenke kind of attack. This was not a token response. 
This was not just to tick a box and say, well, I'm committed to you and so I'm going to do this. Joshua went as if he was defending his own interest. He took his entire army with him. And so as he marched to, Gilga, to, to Gibeon with his army, again God spoke to him. God said, do not be afraid of them. It is as he marched, as he put everything on the line as it were, as he massed his forces and moved towards the enemy, God matched his effort with his reassuring words, do not be afraid because I have given them over to you. And the passage says, Joshua marched all night. Joshua could have been conflicted in his own mind as he approached Gibeon, wondering, is this the battle I should fight? After all, he had had his own share of failures. He had failed against the AI, and we saw him after that with his face on the ground and literally in mourning because he could not explain how his mighty army could have been defeated by such a small nation. But God spoke to him while he was face down on the ground. Even if we are knocked down, even if we are face down on the ground, God still speaks and God still has purpose and a plan for our lives. And so we can take encouragement from Joshua's experience and from the way Joshua tackled this battle. Joshua responded by saying, yes, I'm going to fight. Joshua responded by assembling his entire army. Joshua was saying that I'm putting it all on the line. Joshua marched all night and Joshua listened to God. The passage goes on to show that Joshua overcame these armies. All five of them that had massed themselves against the Gibeonites. Joshua overcame them. And the passage describes how Joshua marched all night and took them by surprise. But it was not the strength of Joshua's army or even the act of taking them by surprise that was the turning point in this battle. The passage says that the Lord threw them into confusion. They were unable to figure things out, even though they had initiated the war, even though they had aligned themselves with others, even though they had equipped themselves and had mapped out how they were going to fight, even though they were seasoned warriors themselves, they were not beyond confusion. And so we need to understand that even though the enemies that we face may be skillful enemies, may be equipped enemies, may be united enemies, God still has a capacity to throw them into confusion. And so God threw them into confusion. God enabled Joshua to fight. And as they fought, it says that God joined the battle by throwing hailstones at them. And more were destroyed 
by hailstones than by the sword. It is interesting that in Joshua's battles, even though he was a mighty warrior and had a great army, it was the intervention of God that turned the tide in his battles. God had led him into this position of leadership. God had invited him to serve, and God had assured him that he would be with him, and God never let him down. Joshua, in the fight, asks the impossible. Joshua casually said, and the passage says he spoke to the Lord, but the words were directed to the Son. Stand still. It seems to me that in Joshua's relationship with God, there was an intimacy and a connectedness that is desirable and something we should aspire to. Joshua seemed to have had God on speed dial. The way Joshua spoke to God was conversational, was relational. Joshua did not just invoke God as a sort of Hail Mary, not as some sort of panic alarm. It was an ongoing conversation. So when he needed the day lengthened, he simply turned to God and said, Son, stand still. Joshua spoke to the sun and the moon. He spoke to the situation. I believe there is a message in this for us as well. Joshua needed the day to be lengthened. Joshua needed the sun to stand still. That was the situation he faced. And that was the situation he spoke to. God heard what he said. God acted. And the passage lifts us out for emphasis and for us to understand. The Lord listened to a man. In our Bible study on Wednesday night, we spoke about the sovereignty of God and the questions about the violence in the book of Joshua. And it is still something that confounds and perplexes us and something that we struggle with as believers. We noted that at that time, cultures saw gods as sometimes vengeful beings that had to be appeased with child sacrifices and various other acts that we would consider barbaric today. And so it is not surprising that the writer would be surprised to know that God listened to a man. Because who is man that God should listen to him? And so while we look at this passage and the phenomena of the sun standing still, I don't think any of us are going to be asking the sun to stand still or the moon to stay in its place or even have the need for that to take place. But we still need to have God hear us. We still have circumstances in our lives that we have to speak to. And we have to ask ourselves the question, if God listened to Joshua, will God listen to me? And I believe the words of God reassure us that he listens. 
that he continues to hear us when we talk to him. And so the questions we have to ask ourselves, will we be faithful to our commitments? Will we, like Joshua, honor the words that we speak? Will we be men and women of truth, whose words have meaning and substance, who will live or die on the declarations that we make? Declarations to our families, declarations to our associates, and most importantly, our declarations to God. Will we be faithful to the oath we give to God? When we say, I will follow you, I will obey you, I will love you, I will worship you, is that something that we are committed to doing with consistency? If we want a God who listens to us, like Joshua, we must be faithful to the oaths we make. Are we prepared to march? Are we prepared to march all night if necessary? Are we prepared to put everything on the line in the pursuit of what we consider this God-given mission? Joshua was prepared to do that. He did not take half of his army. He did not take the weaker sections of his army. He took his entire army. He put everything on the line. There are times in our lives when we have to put everything on the line. Times in our lives when we have to march all night, pray all night, fast all day, intercede for many days. Times when the focus of our attention is on dealing with a situation that stands in front of us. God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. Joshua marched and God acted. When we march, when we act, God will do what only God can do. And so are you all in? Are you taking the entire army? Are you listening to the voice of God? Do you give God space to speak to you? Or are you so preoccupied with fighting the battle in your terms, in your way? If Joshua did that, Joshua would not have succeeded. The story of Joshua is a reminder to us that God listens. A reminder to us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we are not hearing God speak, then our faith cannot grow. If we are not hearing God speak, our trust in him cannot increase. If we are not hearing him speak, we cannot say to the sun in our lives, stand still. And so as I close, will you speak the word of faith to your situation? Is there some sun or moon in your life that needs to stand still? that needs God's intervention to stop it in its track. Joshua had such a need. He was not afraid to bring that need to God's attention. And God was not insensitive to ignore his request. God responded. And so, brothers and sisters, as we press forward, we need to press forward with the understanding that God is partnering with us as we discovered at the start of the series, 
God said to Joshua, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I believe God is saying the same thing to us today. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Just as I was with Moses, just as I was with Joshua, I will be with you. And Ephesians chapter 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Joshua's God was a God who could do immeasurably more than Joshua could ask or imagine, and Joshua did. Our God is a God who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. He invites us to listen to him and to ask him. God bless you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for using your words to speak to our situation. Lord, there are some of us who need a sun to stand still in our lives figuratively. There are circumstances that threaten to overwhelm. Armies arrayed against us and against our loved ones. And Lord, we are engaged in the battle, but we recognize that we are not sufficient to this battle. And so we ask you, God, just as you did for Joshua, speak to our situation and intervene on our behalf. Give us victory in the circumstances that we need victory at this time. Lord, help us to do the things that are necessary to be faithful in our oaths and our commitments to you and to others, to put everything on the line when it becomes necessary, to march all night, to extend ourselves beyond our capacity if necessary, to place ourselves in a position where we can hear you and to have hearts that are willing to obey you. Lord, I pray that in these challenging times, when there are so many forces that we have to contend with, when those that are aligned to us, our children, our parents, our siblings, our loved ones, those we care for, may be under threat, and we need, like Joshua, to step in on their behalf, to be the one standing in the gap. Lord, just like Job, whose children did not necessarily follow his way, but Job would always pray for them and sacrifice on their behalf. Lord, we are called to stand in the gap. We are called like Joshua to fight not only our own battles, but to be prepared to fight the battles for those we are responsible for. I pray especially for us who are parents that you will give us the faith and the confidence to know that we are not fighting our battles alone. 
that even when the enemy attacks our children, attacks our loved ones, engages us in this proxy war, we can fight with confidence, knowing that we fight with you, that you join this battle on our behalf, that like Joshua's fight, you can throw the armies into confusion. You can use devices to destroy, and you can give your presence to lift hope and faith and to give victory even when it seemed impossible. We thank you, God, for this assurance. I pray, Lord, that as we study your words and as we spend time with you, our faith in you will grow, our trust in you will grow, and our ability to fight for those we love and care about will grow. Pray that your words will find root in our hearts, transform our lives, and transform our world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining with us in worship today. Pray that God will give you a great week. Let's continue to remember those who are in special need of prayer, those who have lost loved ones, those who may be experiencing sicknesses of various sorts, those who may be experiencing financial and other difficulties. God cares and God responds, and sometimes God needs us to intervene and act as his hands extended. So let us be mindful to do what God directs us to do. Please remember to join us on Wednesday night on Zoom for our Bible study as we continue to explore the book of Joshua. I'd also like to remind you to sign up and register for the Global Leadership Summit. We have a special arrangement for members of Hope Fellowship, so please submit your names to Sister Pauline. It's going to be held on the 25th of March, and I believe it will be a very impactful experience and it's really a privilege for us as a church to be co-hosting this event online. So please join us for the Global Leadership Summit and I pray that we will all have a great and a very blessed week. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and may the Lord give you his peace. The one for one more. Amen.